Hello and welcome to another episode of Candy Talks with Bharat V. This is Bharat Watsa, your host of the show and in today's episode we will be talking to Veena Shetty, who is an entrepreneur by profession but also is a passionate biker and founder of Roaring Riders Riding Club, Bengaluru. So let's welcome Veena Shetty. This is Veena Shetty, an entrepreneur by profession and a biker by passion and founder of Roaring Riders Riding Club. You are listening on Candid Talks with Bharat V. Hi Veena, welcome to Candid Talks with Bharat V. How are you doing today? I am good Bharat, thank you. How have you been? I am doing good. Pulling all in this uh, COVID-19 lockdown. Uh, so, so how are you managing your time, you know, currently in this lockdown situation? Everything else is going great, great apart from riding. My bikes are missing me and I'm missing my bikes. And yeah, work is going parallelly, working from home. Okay. We are on Zoom calls. So, okay. Okay. get to spend more time at home. I know, yeah, bikes are missing badly and we are missing bikes also. So, I, I hope we should start, you know, riding sometime you know probably by july everything should be fine so let's hope for the best okay so moving on uh veena uh, you are an entrepreneur you know by profession and uh, but you also have a passion for two wheels now what gives you uh, you know and i'm assuming that you know riding bike probably gives you uh, happiness and peace in life but can you tell our listeners how did you actually get into riding so ever since childhood, I was always passionate about bikes. So I've seen my dad uh, having a Chetak, Bajaj Chetak, and my uncle riding a CD100. So okay. I've always uh, had this passion for bikes. And uh, we, as women, were not given bikes. I used to ride my cycles and stuff. Mm-hmm. I look at every motorcycle as a piece of art. They look different. They perform differently. And of course, they feel differently, each bikes. Okay. So the connection between the rider and his uh, machine is surreal and it can't be put in words. It gives me immense peace and contributes great happiness in my life. Okay. Probably my uncle CD100 got me into biking. Okay. Okay. But uh, probably I know the answer to this question because I myself, I am a rider. But still for, you know, the benefit of our listeners, because most of the time we keep on hearing this question, you know, from many people. How do you get happiness when you ride a bike? I mean, you just sit on the saddle, uh, you know, on the seat and then you just kickstart your bike and then just go out on a road heading to any destination without any, you know, uh, specific uh, uh, piece of work. No proper destination. Exactly. Yeah, so so how, why do you do that? I mean, why do riders do this and how does it give us happiness? By biking, by riding a bike. I think motorcycling is basically, for me, motorcycling is basically uh, escape from reality. It gives me freedom from my day-to-day life. And it's just a chance for me to be myself. So in office, you can't be the way you are. I mean, you have to portray yourself like an IT profession. You have to get dressed neatly and you have to talk in a way. So when you're on your bike, no one watches, no one's worried about, I mean, no one gives a damn about what you're doing, uh, how you are. You can yeah. just say, hey, what's up, bro? You, but you can't use these <laughs> languages when you're in office, I right? Know. So, uh, especially for me, uh, biking gives me a lot of happiness. And uh, solo rides, uh, it gives me a chance to explore myself. 
So when I'm, I do a lot of group rides as well. Like I said, I'm a founder of a, a club, riding club. Okay. So yeah. when I'm on my group rides, I have to, I'm a marshal generally, or I lead the ride, or I keep sweeping, I keep shuffling front and okay. back and making okay. sure no one else comes between our riders. Right. So that time I have a lot of responsibilities. So right. I'm watching, like I have a lot of responsibilities, like hmm. a solo ride. I don't have to think about the time. I can get up whenever I want. I can just take off my bike and yeah. pack how much how much of a luggage I want. I can just stop wherever I want. Absolutely. Stop for a chai break. Yeah. Stop if I see a nice uh, scenery. I want to click a picture. So it gives me an escape from the reality. And Absolutely. every ride has helped me de-stress. It lifts my mood. Um, it makes me uh, very content at the end of the ride. Uh, it makes me very calm and uh, more awake and End of the ride, you'll see a happy face, okay. a big smile on my face saying, okay. oh, I've done the ride, I'm back, I'm happy. understand. So do you think, you know, while we do the riding, it also affects our attitude? Because in case if we are not riding, we are at home, we are in a different profession of our lives. Uh, you know, probably uh, like I am working as an IT profession, you are an entrepreneur. So while you know, you're not riding, your attitude is different. But when you are riding and you're on motorcycle, your attitude changes. I mean, does exactly. it, do you uh, feel that this is a right statement? True, it does. Uh, so uh, there are a few uh, government employees, there are teachers, um, yeah. there are doctors. So doctors are usually very uh, uh, silent kind of people. So when you meet a doctor, you, they're not chatterbox kind, right? right. And uh, there are artists, there are all different kinds of professional people in our riding club. But that is their profession. That's the second thing. But when they come on rides, uh, you can see everyone being same. So the attitude is completely different. So like I said, you don't say bro, macha, maga, and all yeah, when you're at yeah. the office. But your the attitude is different. Everyone's like a brother. Everyone's like a friend. You yeah. don't see he's your, uh, he might be your uh, boss. You might be reporting to him. But when you're riding, both are friends. So the yeah. attitude completely changes there. Right. Absolutely. So, uh, Vina, you, uh, you know, are a psychologist and uh, do you think that it has helped you somehow in your writing as well, being a psychologist? Yeah, as a psychologist, it's my job to study human mind, emotions and behavior. Mm -hmm. uh, moreover, how different situations and uh, scenarios have an impact on people. Um, I'd like to say uh, we understand how our brain and muscles sync better, it synchronizes better. Uh, so we are more abo uh, aware about uh, our own capacity and capability while riding, especially right. uh, when the terrain is racing or it's an off-roading terrain. Hmm. So you're more hmm. conscious and you're more, uh, you know it better. So right. I think psychology has helped me. And even when, um, so when you're riding, there's someone passing by, you know, you get a lot of comments, you know how to react, stay calm, react in a better way. And sometimes you don't have to react, you just have to ignore and move on. So yeah, I, I think, think you, you have to be very, very uh, good in your uh, state of mind. You know, mental health is, is, I think, very much important while riding. So that you yes, stay yes. alert every time, you know, your mind should be alert. And I think, uh, so if I understand correctly, you are saying that, you know, psychology has actually helped you in terms of, you know, uh, maintaining your mental state, uh, being, uh, you know, alert all the time and, uh, you know, uh, while riding so that, you know, you can ride more uh, in, in a more controlled way so yes. I, I completely i think i agree to that uh, but not all the riders are you know uh, psychologists so mm -hmm. how do you think that you know those riders or the other people those who want to get into riding 
what exactly should they take care of so that you know they can ride in a controlled way with their mind good health uh, mind health and keeping their mind more you know you know alert and then ride it in a safer safer and uh, proper way yeah um, basically i practice yoga every day i'm very much into fitness and uh, meditation okay. and stuff okay so i preach yoga as well so uh, i think motorcycle day and yoga day is coming closer i yeah. feel everyone should first first thing is uh, you need to you need to know no matter how uh, perfect rider you are not everyone on the road is perfect someone comes and hits you from behind someone just crashes in front of you you lose your Absolutely. control yeah. but meditation and yoga to an extent to me it has helped a lot so i can keep calm at certain situations it helps you handle situations better first thing okay. is you need to have in mind is not everyone's perfect you might be perfect but not everyone on the road is perfect okay. keeping that in mind take your motorcycle out and do not lose calm handle the situation better the anger will only make the situation worse and yes. nothing else so handle it better is what i'd like to say absolutely so uh, what made you start your own uh, uh, riding club you know you uh, formed uh, the riding club by the name of roaring riders so what yes. kind of uh, riding do you normally do uh, and prefer in your club uh, whether it is adventure or touring rides or off rides what kind of rides um so basically um, when i bought my uh, classic 350 i had a classic 350 uh, royal enfield in which i did my ladakh so when i picked up the bike um I didn't know much about these riding clubs and stuff. So I always wanted to own a bullet. So I picked okay. up the bike and I said I was on my school WhatsApp group. So I just posted a picture of my bike saying I picked up a bullet. So everyone were like congrats and I'm like okay I'm planning to ride this weekend. So I think uh, two of my school friends joined along, two guys who are friends since nurseries and uh, they also had a classic 350 one had a old Thunderbird version and uh, we just rode off from Bangalore to Kok to Kolar. and that was my first ride my bike was not serviced also okay. and uh, these guys were keeping up my pace i i refused to ride beyond 80 saying okay my mechanic has told me not to increase certain rpm yeah. so that my bike will give a better mileage yeah and we rode we explored and i really loved riding and it was uh, after a very long time so when i when i was in uh, my school and college days i used to sneak out of the house steal my uncle cd 100 i okay. used to push the bike to a distance and then start the bike so that no one at home knows that i've taken the bike okay. out so okay. this is in bangalore so we have large fields i used to take the bike to the fields and practice it there oh. so uh, after that i had couple of injuries and stuff and then i, I was not allowed to ride bikes and all so after okay. this when i started with my classic 350 i posted it on the school group saying okay i picked up a bike let's ride and we rode it was just three or four of us who rode when i came back like i was very happy that was one proud moment so i put up pictures on facebook saying okay i picked up a classic and mm. this was my first ride and stuff and then i started getting messages from all my friends colleagues uh, my relatives my cousins everyone saying hey you should have congrats you should have called me i would have come okay and uh, i was like okay next ride i'll definitely call you they're like please call me next ride let's ride soon okay practically not possible for you to ride with every person every weekend right so i right. said okay then we decide a date i said okay i'm riding on this particular date to this particular destination whoever wants to join please come but cover yourself with a jacket and a proper if not a proper riding gear at least a thick jacket and a proper uh, shoes yeah, right. and uh, a full faced helmet helmet and okay. we just took off 
So that's how that time we had 20 bikes from oh. just four bikes to 20 bikes. Okay. And then the 20 riders started riding every weekend or every 15 days once we would go out to our destination, have breakfast and come. And okay. then I could see even women riders budding up. They wanted to start riding. So that's how it grew. So basically in Roaring Riders, it's all my cousins, friends, colleagues, or relatives or their cousins, friends, colleagues and relatives. So at okay. least one person knows the four people in Roaring Riders. Okay. That's how we are somehow okay. related. That's why we call it the Roaring Rider family. Understand. So that's how the club started. And uh, initially it was four. Now it's 200 plus. Wonderful. And Wonderful. Uh, yeah, we do, uh, we do breakfast rides. We explore. We basically do adventure touring. Sometimes, yeah, off-roading. Some new destination that someone sees and he posts on the club saying, I've been to this place. It's nice. We should check out. So we all make a plan and all riders who all wants to come, we'll make a list. We start riding. That so what all, what all bikes uh, do you uh, have in your groups? I mean, you entertain all the different kinds of bikes or is there any, all, any minimum criteria? No, all geared bikes. And I think starting from an Avenger or a Pulsar 135 okay. or RX 100, I think we even have some old antique bikes. My cousin himself, the younger one, he okay. rides a uh, RD 350. So okay. starting from the antique bikes to RX 100 to uh, I own a Kawasaki versus three, uh, 650. We even have a, a Benelli, all the bikes, Harley okay. Davidson, all the bikes we have. So the freshers who have not ridden with us and riding with us for the first time are in the front behind the lead. And the seasoned riders who have been riding with us will take care of them, will ride behind. So okay. that's how the... So I, I had that one of the other questions, uh, you know, uh, you have quite a few of the collection of bikes. What all bikes you have? You just said you have Kawasaki versus and then I think you have um, uh, Royal Enfield 350. Yeah. So, so no, when I picked up the Interceptor, I had to sell my, uh, uh, the classic 350. Oh, okay. So my first bike was, uh, the bike that I rode was my uncle's CD100, which I used to steal and ride. And okay. then that gifted me an Alex 100. And uh, after that, uh, again, he sold that as well. And uh, my bike in my money is the classic 350, which I took it to Ladakh. And okay. after that, uh, on my Kanyakumari to Kashmir trip, I picked up a, a Domina 400 budget. Okay. So when I picked up my, after Domina, I picked up a Kawasaki versus 650, which has been my dream bike. I've in fact waited a very long time to pick up that bike because okay. of the height weight and stuff. And okay. then uh, when I picked up the Interceptor, the Interceptor was launched and I was waiting for it. So I had to sell my Classic and Domina to pick up my Interceptor. And okay. now my latest addition is a Himalayan. Oh, you have taken a Himalayan as well. Okay. I've taken a Himalayan as well. Wow. Nice. Okay. So, uh, Veena, you, you know, I understand you have done so many rides across the country, uh, we also will, uh, you know, speak to you to understand, uh, you know, details about your rights as we proceed further. You have gone through, you know, uh, broken bones and tough rides across the country, including GQ, which is Golden Quadrilateral. Mm. And mm. recently you have also done Spice Route Odyssey. So yes. can you tell us, you know, uh, our listeners about these rights and, and uh, apart from these rights, what all other rights you have done? If you can tell us something about your rights experiences, which sure, probably sure. Are other riders, you know, can definitely, you know, take some, uh, probably they'll have some takeaway from your experiences as well. Well, um, starting off when I bought my classic 350 after a very long time, that was way back in 2016, I guess. 
my only ride dream ride was le ladakh so everyone who picks up a classic or a bullet trial and field has this thing in mind ladakh karna ladakh so tell me, okay so be- before you proceed for that now this is very interesting question you know tell me something when a rider picks up or, or a person picks up a bike and become a rider why does everyone want to first ride to le ladakh why is that called as a dream ride for every biker ladakh is a dream destination because every uh, the uh, scene there the scenario there is completely different the landscape the mountains everything when you see if you don't find that here in south that snow filled mountains you don't find that here in south we are But not that used to can, that cold that you can get in uh, sikkim side also right and in in northeast also you get uh, good beautiful jungles and mountains right? yeah you do have so only after exploring ladakh then you know see for me like i said my only dream destination was le ladakh i had watched so many videos on youtube and then mm-hmm. after that when i started watching more youtube videos i was like oh my god this terrain is so tough water crossing <laughs> okay. and the bike has to go on the water yeah. that was my question So okay. everyone who picks up the bike bullet especially will be like I want to do Ladakh and I was like only this one ride I'm going to do I want to do this at any cost okay and uh, okay. I prepared myself for the Ladakh ride and then I realized it's not easy because the bullet is heavy and yeah. uh, once you have a fall I checked on my club if anyone was interested so I did my Ladakh after one year after completing my rides on my bullet so initially I was like uh, bike lena Ladakh jana bas itna okay. and then I knew how the tough the Zazila pass and all these terrains were yeah. I was like uh, watching all the videos then I decided let me put crash guards on my bike so that it's easier for me to lift it and I don't break my leg again and I started doing all off-roading here and there in Bangalore which was closer Chikmagalore and stuff okay. I started going on solo rides that where that's where I gained more confidence I've had a lot of falls picked my bike again did it again had some water then picked the bike ride again so that's what I've been doing Okay. And then, well, I took off to Ladakh with uh, random people. So Hindustan Motorcycles had arranged for a ride. So I asked them how much it was and what are the, uh, which are the places that we are covering and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I took off on uh, the Leh Ladakh trip with okay. random people. I hardly knew anyone there. So I think there were two or four people from Bangalore whom I had met once or twice in some uh, biking events. Okay. And after that, uh, I. went to ladakh so we had maintained a lot of distance on our ladakh ride so it's like each rider maintains uh, quite a distance so that you don't go bang into someone else's bike and i've had falls uh, looking at the scenery i just get lost there <laughs> and i go fall somewhere pick up my bike going quarter dust myself start riding again so that's how it was so this ladakh trip gave me so much of confidence for uh, uh, my solo rides Mm-hmm. that i took off on a, one of my birthdays i gifted myself a, a run of kutch a ride to run of kutch wow. okay. so i tell my husband tomorrow i'm flying to ahmedabad i have a 10 days uh, ride in kutch okay. so he's like are you sure december it's so cold and like yeah this is my birthday gift <laughs> and i just take off i fly there hire a bike i started exploring run of kutch so are you so a capricorn are you a capricorn i'm a sagittarian sagittarian okay and then came uh, kanyakumari to kashmir so k to k so like i said initially it was just ladakh and then came run of kutch when i heard about the white uh, desert and stuff then came run of kutch and then it didn't stop there and white then i desert, like white desert in a full moon night oh yeah amazing and then it didn't stop there so mm-hmm. i was more greedy i wanted to do kanyakumari to kashmir okay. and i was like one morning i wake up and i'm brushing i tell my husband um i wanted to k to k so he's like what's k to k 
so he's a police officer by profession oh, okay. and he's like what's get okay so okay. i was like kanyakumari to kashmir so he's like on a bike are you serious <laughs> i was like yeah why not so i was like okay this weekend i'm starting the ride that was a wednesday so he's like i know i can't stop you from doing all this because you want to do it now that it's come in your mind please take proper precautions okay. i was like yes and then i started uh, talking to the so i had picked up the domina then so i spoke to the bajaj people asked them for a diy session for the bike i learned how to fix my bike and then uh, two more people from my club were okay with those dates and they joined me and uh, we formed a whatsapp group and that's how we communicated with the uh, riders so, so there was one uh, technical support team from royal enfield one from uh, bajaj because we had one royal enfield and two bajaj bikes Okay. and uh, of course my husband and their family members as well i mean my friends who were riding with me two more people mm-hmm. their family members and two of my group admins so we started coordinating with people and going on this uh, k2k expedition okay. so we made a lot of friends on the way so all the rider riding clubs we met we exchanged badges we spoke okay. to them we had breakfast together they hosted us with their local cuisine yeah. and uh, this ride uh, gave me a lot of pride of friends so i can happily say i'm very proudly say that i have friends all over india a ride of friends all over india and really it was nice. really nice to uh, be being hosted uh, by them and okay. after that came royal enfields uh, tour of northeast mm-hmm. so northeast like i said again when i saw those pictures and images and videos i was like okay northeast bhi karna hai bahut acha jagah explore karna and then i took off on the northeast trip okay. and i went uh, explored uh, gauhati for a day and then i took off to kamakya temple on a solo ride okay. and then from there hired the bike and covered northeast with uh, royal enfield after that came my uh, gq trip so, so did, you, did you visit shillong in your northeast yes, yes. Uh... yes. Okay. we in fact stayed one full day in shillong okay one extra day we did a uh, little shopping and stuff roads are beautiful there but a lot of landslides so we had got caught in one of the landslides and waited okay. for them to come and clear it and stuff a lot of experiences on those sides north is uh, beautiful i mean shillong is hell of a place um, i did my entire studying from shillong so wow. i i know all that entire north east you know by heart so whenever i try to go to that side i definitely make sure that you know i visit north east so when i did my bhutan i made mm-hmm. sure that you know we cover northeast and then i did my solo from there back to pune so that's that's amazing awesome place yes yes it's a very beautiful place yeah. i keep coming and telling stories to my riders and they're like chetra <laughs> let's go northeast again yeah. <laughs> i'll be like yes yes i am actually i am actually planning for northeast this year and i mean if everything goes fine and the lockdown is lifted probably sometime in the month of um, november i am planning to do it again And I hope I everything settles by then. I I just hope I just hope because otherwise by now I would have already left. <laughs> <laughs> I know otherwise by April I should have started my K2K yeah. trip again. We had a team, <laughs> we had formed everything, had plans, we had bookings, everything done okay. and this lockdown so happened. Okay. So after that was my uh, golden quadrilateral. So golden okay. quadrilateral was a dream ride for me. Mm-hmm. So it's like covering India and yeah. um, I didn't have any um, kind of record or anything on mine. but my only intention was to cover india on my bike that is on my versus because that was a dream ride on my dream bike okay and a uh, 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 rider by name uh, balaji mohan he's a record holder for golden quadrilateral yeah. he yeah. had uh, done it in a very short span but this time he had planned a golden quadrilateral with the largest group including unesco sites all heritage sites 
so this was planned for 9 days and uh, i didn't want to do the golden quadrilateral alone so i joined this trip i joined this team and uh, we explored the golden quadrilateral not for the uh, record or stuff but yeah. this was my passion i wanted to do it on my buses and yes we did golden quadrilateral and i have a lot of pictures and memories sitting I mean, in front of the uh, i mean in front of taj mahal clicking pictures with my bike and okay. uh, the statue of uh, you know, vallabhai patel uh, yeah statue of unity and yeah. stuff so uh, konark sun temple so okay. this was like a dream ride which came true and Very then nice. uh, we start we thought of uh, doing something outside india because india was almost covered okay uh, so we did the bhutan so this bhutan trip again one of our riders wanted to do ladakh so he had gone to do ladakh and uh, due to something he couldn't do ladakh so he went to nepal and okay. then he said let's do bhutan also so i said okay chalo i'm shipping my bike mm-hmm. i ship the bike we we'll take 15 days off i planned the routes because bhutan was a long trip for me i wanted to do yeah. bhutan from a very long time okay. i shipped my bike and uh, we flew to uh, where was that siliguri siliguri got the bikes from there mm-hmm. and uh, we unloaded our bikes <coughs> and we started the trip from there we covered bhutan all by our own so we took permissions we ran around for everything now we become like a travel guide there an expert uh-huh. in saying which okay. place you can travel which yeah. places work and stuff So Bhutan so, was one. So you must have entered from Funchaling and then you came yes. out from uh, the other side, right? No, we came out from Funchaling as well. Oh, okay. We, uh, so, ha, huh, we had to come out from the same side. Okay. So we cover uh, we covered Bhutan, Bhumtang, Ura, everything. Okay. Okay. And uh, after uh, before Bhutan was my Sachpas and Spiti. So here what happened was Sachpas and Spiti. When I did Ladakh, I couldn't do Spiti. so that spiti okay. was always there in mind i wanted to do spiti again okay. uh, i mean because i had not explored it i wanted to do so uh, mr winter wonder after he had posted sorry, saying uh, such person spiti right so he's a okay. good friend of mine so i like chalo i'm doing such person spiti he's like so you did that cool. on on which bike you did uh, spiti on the himalayan himalayan okay so i was like uh, he's like you should practice because i'm sure about your riding no issues but uh, your health and your uh, because i have asthma i have wheezing okay. even in this bangalore climate i have wheezing so if i'm yeah. in the north god save me yeah. so uh, working on my health and fitness i uh, did the such pass in spiti valley so that was one ride to remember Amazing. like again a, lo- a lot of falls a lot of water crossing and snow filled mountain to see it's nice but when you go there you start shivering <laughs> so uh, yeah. me and I mean, I mean that's that, that's the fun you know that's the thrill that you uh, you know enjoy that you have to face otherwise being in uh, you know our own places in our hometown you know places where we stay where we live we don't get to so all those to things, this climate right? exactly. yeah it's so used so like i said when i did the gq it was during the summer time june july and it was extremely hot and hot. we had uh, heat waves added to it So in Rajasthan, the people had heat strokes and stuff. So it was that hot, extreme hot conditions that we were riding. And all of a sudden, now like GQ, I mean after GQ, this uh, uh, Sachpiti is extremely cold, cool. snow-covered mountains, and okay. and I'm the only person standing on bike like this, and I'm like, okay, click the picture fast. I'm feeling so cold. I'm shivering. <laughs> These guys are taking snow and they're playing with it. I'm like, तुम लोग क्या कर रहे हो? चलो इधर इधर से भागो. and uh, then came my uh, wow rides uh, the uh, spice route odyssey which was organized by which was completely planned by big biking commune 
So we had, uh, it was organized in November and we had these foreign riders. Carol is, he's called as Cold Stride. He's done okay. one of the coldest rides. And okay. uh, Declan McCoy and uh, Mandeep Marwa okay. and uh, Deepak Kamath. So uh, it was a privilege for me to lead these riders. And wow. uh, these, uh, yeah, and these riders uh, from, we started the ride from Goa. So we flew down to Goa, picked up bikes there and we started the ride from there. Mm-hmm. And uh, from Goa to Mangalore. Goa beach and all this stuff, showing them this culture. And then Mangalore, my hometown, fish curry, rice, prawns, okay. roast and stuff, showing them my food and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the temples and Mysore again, the Chamundi Hills and temple, okay. Mysore Palace. So Tamil Nadu, Kerala, we explored all the South terrain, all oh. the South. So since I'm born and brought up in the South, it was easy for me to speak all languages as well. I can speak Tulu, I can speak Kannada, I can speak Tamil, all the languages, all the states, Malayalam all the states that we explored in. That's, and that's uh, nice. the best part was making them eat our food, the spicy food. <laughs> okay, <the> spicy food. <laughs> right. So eating spicy food. They were very particular about black food. No spices, no spices. <laughs> and uh, right. yeah, they. Uh, the feedback that we got was, these riders used to ride like 1,000 kilometers a day in their countries, in their residence. But here... 300 kilometers was a big task for them and wow. for us because of the traffic, <laughs> thanks to our traffic. But, you know, they were like Shetty. Uh, so people call me Shetty. Okay. So they were like Shetty. We've ridden 1,000 kilometers in our lands. And what is this? Hardly 300. And we're all exhausted. What is this traffic? They're just coming from everywhere. <laughs> Cattle on the road. So we like, and you know, end of the day, we were like having a nice chit chat with riders and um, they had so much to share their experiences. Right. And they were like, we've never seen lady, women riding like this. And they were also proud of, proud to see and me and Mandeep Marwa riding like this. No, I mean, those are the memories. I mean, that is something which they will take back with them, right? I mean, yes, yes. Uh, even now we stay connected. Even now we have video call, group calls. And that's the best part. Even now we are right. in touch. And it's nice. It's really nice. Okay. So I'll call you Shetty now. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It sounds good. Hi, this is Veena Shetty, an entrepreneur by profession and a biker by passion and founder of Roaring Riders Riding Club. You are listening on Candid Talks with Bharat V. Okay, so tell me one thing, you know, in such kind of long rides, what exactly do you need to keep in mind and how do you need to prepare, you know, for these kind of long rides? Like, Spiti, Ladakh, uh, Q, uh, Golden, uh, GQ. GQ. Hmm. So, uh, uh, what exactly you need to keep in mind, and how do you, uh, how you would say that a person, if somebody wants to take up these kind of long rides, they have to do the preparation. So, I'll always advise the riders to do couple of ride, uh, to do couple of rides, and gather some experience before going on long rides like this. Say, for example, you want to do a uh, Ladakh. So Ladakh terrain is completely, for a South Indian like me, Ladakh is a completely different. One thing you need to keep in mind is extreme off-roading there. Second right. thing is landslides and stuff. It's not, we've never had landslides here, so we don't know how it works there. So you're prone to all these. And main thing is physical and mental fitness. So you're prepared to go on these kind and altitude issues there. So you must be prepared to go there. So you know the temperature is going to drop down, it's going to be cold mm-hmm. and it's going to be raining all these things and uh, so your physical fitness is a must practice meditation practice and do stretches so i think most of our riders are fit there's no one like not fit and not able to ride so most of the riders are fit apart from fitness 
uh, get your uh, mental thing do a little bit of research on the terrain that you're going right uh, be it food you can't expect uh, a dominar or a dominas or a mcdonalds there so you have to get used to maggi rajma chawal yeah. and uh, bread omelet you can't expect initially i used to be like bread omelet is lunch sorry i feel hungry again so i used to pack something <laughs> No, okay. I'm a foodie, so I love eating. So, but you know, on my Ladakh trip, this was one thing that I learned. So, in between, they had stopped for lunch, and that was bread, uh, bread omelet. I didn't know bread omelet was lunch. So, okay. I had one bread omelet. I was like, okay. Again, two o'clock, I started feeling hungry. That was at twelve. Two o'clock, okay. I'm like, where are we stopping for lunch? And then, like, darling, for another two hundred kilometers, you have no stores at all. And then my dry fruits <laughs> and water came in. Okay. So that is one thing. And second thing is um, getting your bike done. I'd always such suggest people to do a DIY workshop. So do it yourself. Fixing right. your clutch cable, be uh, the clutch and acceleration cable, yeah. changing yeah. a clutch cable. So so know about the bike. So every before every ride, uh, I go personally sit with the mechanic and see how my. So I give the bike for servicing. I sit there and I ask them which part is gone. How much is the brake pad? How much life does it have? So right. even if I have to some breakdown, if I have to fix my bike. So I I feel these things are essentials. I think every rider must know all this, and these are the preparations that he does. And okay. say for example, you're not getting any food or water there, please carry a hydration bag, please carry dry fruits or snack bars. That will come in hand. So I feel uh, these are basic preparations for any rider. So there is very uh, one common uh, mistake that most of the people do when they go on these kind of long rides, and I have. seen many people doing this maybe because out of uh, inexperience that that they have that they try to pack too much of stuff you know uh, when they go on a long rides which only an experienced rider will get to know that idly you know what all the things are being packed by those riders are actually not required so do you yeah. want to comment anything on that De- definitely i think on my ladakh ride i was like just saddle bag and 15 days ka luggage isme kaisa fit hoga but then i realized okay i can buy shorts from there i get one day break i can wash my clothes as well yeah so and riding pants so now we have riding pants initially i used to wear knee guards and ride so okay. every day jeans i wanted to change because of all that dust and stuff i was like i am not going to wear that dirty and jeans right. in your pack for 15 days 15 jeans is like not happening yeah. and t-shirts carrying that this and stuff but i think packing light and uh, dry fit materials and uh, thinner t-shirts which can be rolled and compressed yeah. and kept in the package packless and uh, yeah so less baggage more comfortable that's something i would like to say and Absolutely. you can definitely shop from there pick up something as a memory from there pick up a t-shirt yeah. from there where it, yeah. it's a memory yeah. so that i've learned over rides over experiences so out of all these rides which you just now you know mentioned which one is your memorable ride and why i guess each ride is unique each, each ride has got me different memories and i've loved all the rides see like ladakh was first time on my classic so that is memorable and like you said uh, white desert and full moon that is definitely memorable right. and kanyakumari to kashmir is because of so many rider friends that i've met and north east again a beautiful terrain gq again my dream ride so can't ignore and bhutan is one place where you go you don't want to come back it's so right. beautiful and right. such persons with the extreme off roading condition and yeah like spice road so many friends nice so every ride has been memorable for me every ride is something new and all these rides were on my bucket list so i've loved all the rides that i've done so is there any other ride which is still there out there you know which you want to do 
yes yes the list is never ending <laughs> i'm greedy the list is never ending <laughs> i i can yeah i can correlate to that being a biker there are many things which you still want to do and every time you know Absolutely. you know these kind of places you feel like going again and again and again so but still i mean coming back to this question uh, let me try to ask in a different way uh, you have done you know uh, almost entire india and uh, you have also done uh, bhutan uh, what about nepal have you done uh, nepal did you very no this nepal was something that we were planning okay. and uh, it just didn't happen because of covid okay so, so we're apart, still waiting apart from that and- okay uh apart from that is there any other international uh rides that you are planning in the upcoming time maybe not yet planned okay okay there are plans but uh, let's see how it materializes okay so that was vina shetty who is not only an entrepreneur by profession loves photography art and painting but also a passionate biker and a founder of Roaring Riders Riding Club Bengaluru. We will continue our discussions with Shetty in our next episode of Candy Talks with Bharatvi. Stay tuned for part 2. Stay home, stay safe. This is Bharat Vatsa signing off for today. Duaon mein yaad rakhna. Jai Hind.